At long last and with a merciful whimper, the 2023 Minnesota Vikings season has come to a close. Let's pick up whatever is left of this season on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like it? you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey everyone, welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much to those of you who listen to this show each and every day, my hashtag everydayers. I appreciate you all so, so very much for coming along on the ride with me all season long and hopefully through to the off season where this show will remain a daily podcast. We don't skip a beat just because the season has come to a close. You can find this show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is a podcast listening place like SiriusXM. You can also find uh, live broadcasts of sporting events on SiriusXM. Obviously, no Vikings games for a while, but you can search out Timberwolves. You can search out playoff games or whatever on the SiriusXM app. You can also find the show on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked on Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. It's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Vikings lose 30-20 to 20 is the final score in Ford Field. Headed into what you could kind of see was a crucial three-game stretch to end the seasons. Lions, Packers, Lions. You knew it was going to come down to those three division games, including, you know, two against the division favorite who ended up winning the division. You knew it was going to come down to those. And not only do they lose all three, they get absolutely waxed in two of them. Now, I get it. Injuries had piled up uh, and by week 18, you know, the stakes had gotten pretty low. Um, but, and, and I am going to get into that, uh, but I'm going to be candid here. That was a pathetic way to end the season. And I don't want to hear that it was a backup quarterback. Other teams had backup quarterbacks and showed life, you know, even if they didn't win, they showed life. Uh, shoot. I mean, the Browns have backup court. They're on their fourth quarterback and they're like 11 and six and they're about to go play in the playoffs. Uh, other teams had to deal with backup quarterbacks at times and, and, and won those games, or at least won some of those games. The Vikings went three and six with their backups. And I think that's about as bad as it got, uh, except for teams that went like, Oh, and one and had a zero win percentage or whatever like that. It's just not good enough. And the reason it's not good enough is not because the Vikings got worse quarterback play from their backups than everybody else got from theirs. Right? Like, I don't think that, you go away from the season thinking Nick Mullins can't be the backup quarterback anymore. I know he didn't win any of his games, um, but he showed you know, an ability to move the offense and just couldn't protect the football. And that's why you're not a starter, but that makes you at least, Hey man, all right, we're down two scores and our starting QB went out. Well, maybe we get a weird, you know, bozo ball win here. Um, and by the way, he's under contract for 2024. So at the very least you bring him into camp and if he gets cut, he gets cut. Right. But no, that wasn't really the problem, was it? It was defensive miscommunications. The Vikings busted a ton of coverages again. They did so horrifically last time against the Lions and against the Packers. That whole three-game stretch was really marred by poorly coached defense. 
And that's not really what anybody thought they'd be saying after that Las Vegas shutout game, right? Where Kevin O'Connell goes and says, this is a championship defense. This is the unit that's going to carry us into the playoffs. They didn't win a game after that. Not one after that really exciting, you know, everybody have a donut. All the, the defensive players were so excited after that three to nothing bizarro win. Didn't win another game. Uh, and you think about just the ups and downs of this season. And it's just such a bummer that they couldn't make more out of it because they had so many opportunities to. I know a lot of times as Vikings fans, we like to woe is me, right? We're like, oh, if, you know, we, we are just cursed. We'll never get a chance. Everything needs to go perfectly perfect for the Vikings to. Everything went. I don't know. It feels like they got their bounces in the back half of the season. They had their chance. They had a fourth and one. They were like 10 yards away from winning that Cincinnati game, right? They had the lead with a minute to go against the Bears. All they needed was one more stop against Justin Fields. If Nick Mullins leads Justin Jefferson on Christmas Eve just a little bit better at the end, you know, they take the lead with 50 seconds to go. Maybe they win that one, right? Like there's so many little almost. Go back to the first, the one and four start, right? How they sort of, almost won that Bucks game and they, they, they maybe could have had a chance in that Eagles game. And they, they, they were at, they had a first and goal for the ball game against the chargers and they couldn't win that one. Like they, you know, cause the, the ball tipped up and got intercepted, right? So many little almosts, but isn't that the way of the NFL? It's, it's every game comes down to almosts, right? I I would venture, I don't know what the data on this, but I would venture a guess that in the NFL, one score games are more common than, than more than one score games just because the NFL is close to itself, right? You have teams that aren't supposed, I mean, the Rams weren't supposed to beat the 49ers. Now 49ers sat some people, so whatever. But, you know, the Cardinals almost beat the Seahawks. The Giants absolutely dusted the Eagles, which I know Jalen Hurts went out in that game, but like, Jeez, I mean, that was a, an extreme result. Um, the NFL is an, is an any given Sunday league, and I think in 2023 we saw that manifest itself in good ways, like beating the 49ers on Monday Night Football, going into Lambeau and absolutely crushing the Packers, which now we can look back at that and say, yeah, that was two wins in a row against playoff teams. <laughs> it's a weird way to put that because the Packers did not play like a playoff team in that, in that Lambeau game. Uh, and, and sort of took a little bit longer to figure themselves out. But like you see those ups and then you compare it to the downs of like how the season ends and, and it is a week to week league. And this is something that I've kind of started to um, try to say out loud a little bit more because I think it's it's good. But it, don't get too wrapped up in the week to week of things. People are going a little crazy on on everything, like every single week. If you look at the way that people covered the Denver Broncos, for example, who had just as up and down of a season as the Vikings did, you know, after they get beat by Miami, and I was victim to this too, you're calling them the worst team in the league, and they were playing like it. Uh, and then they win five in a row, and you go, oh my God, the Broncos might win the, the division. My goodness, right? And then they lose a couple more, and you go, maybe Sean Payton should be fired. And it's just like up and way down and way up and way down, when in reality... What the Broncos were, were inconsistent. And and I would say this about the Vikings, too. They were a team that could go toe-to-toe with anyone if they were having a good day, but a team that didn't always have a good day. And how do you solve that is a question that requires a lot more information to answer, but it's also too late to answer because the next time the Vikings play meaningful football, a large portion of this group of people is going to be different. So that was it. 
And there is a chance that that was it for Harrison Smith. He was asked after the season. He kind of said, like, I don't know if I'm retiring, but my shoulder hurts. Like, he, he I mean, he was being, you know, really hush-hush uh, about it. He was being very nonchalant and trying not to answer questions that he didn't have the answer to. And it sounds like he legitimately has not decided if he's going to retire or not. But if he does, that's how it ends. With a four-game losing streak where you at times, most of the time during it, looked pathetic. The, or at least the the defensive unit looked pathetic. That's how Harrison Smith goes out. And isn't that the way for so many uh, legacy players that will play 10, 11 great years in this league and then go out on one bad one when they're just a little bit too long in the tooth to really keep up the way that they used to. But I think that's for, for somebody with the mentality of an NFL player, that's a lesson you have to learn the hard way. Nobody's going to show up uh, uh, at, you know, August and be like, you know what? I don't have this. I think Phil Lodeholt did that. Respect to him, I guess. Uh, but speaking of the mentality of NFL players, there's something I want to sort of drive at. And it's something that I, I spent a long time arguing with people on the Internet about. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, congratulations, you shouldn't. <laughs> but there were a lot of people that are really were really hoping for the Vikings to lose this game. And I want to dive into that mentality a little bit and just make sure that we're all kind of on the same page there. And then we'll talk about where we go from there, where the Vikings draft position ended up and what happens next for the Vikings. And we'll spend a long time talking about those decisions since we got a long time to wait before those come up and we have daily shows. So we're going to keep it rolling here on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It's the best place to find your hire. If you are a hiring manager or whatever, or if you work for a small business, especially if you work for a small business, you have a whole bunch of things going on all the time. You cannot fully dedicate yourself to figuring out who you're going to hire for that new opening for the start of 2024. LinkedIn absolutely understands that. So they have all kinds of tools to help you streamline the process and help you deal with a way bigger volume than you could on your own. And that's what LinkedIn has over a billion professionals of available in as, as part of their vast network. And they make it really easy. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. That's using their uh, screening questions to help you narrow down that large pool of applicants as well as uh, a job description writing assist tool that they have uh, that can help you get things out there correctly, but also do it without it taking forever because time is money, especially with a small business. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making locked on Vikings your first listen of the day. When you're done here, I want you to, there's a couple things I want you to check out. One, Go to Locked On Minnesota Sports and check out their 24-7 live stream. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll just take you there right after you're done. Um, so you don't even have to lift a finger. And if you uh, want some more in-depth analysis or if you want to start thinking about draft quarterbacks, head on over to patreon.com slash NFL. That is my personal Patreon page. It's where I do a lot more of my serious analysis. It's where I can do film. It's where I can break things down in a more informal and therefore more detailed context. The only one I have up so far for this year is Caleb Williams. So if you want an hour on Caleb Williams, go check that out. And I'm working on Michael Penix. He's going to be next. Um, let's move on though. So 
I, I just, let's have a heart to heart, you and I. All right, let's just have a, a, ch- a chit chat. And it's not going to be a chit chat that I think people are going to agree with me on. And that's okay. Um, I'm at peace with that. But here's the deal. I have a very specific issue with the sentiment that was so deafening, deafeningly loud that it drowned out the game, which is that it would be better for the Vikings to lose for draft position. And I've got a couple issues with that. For one, like I said on Friday, the impact is marginal at best. Yes, it is better if they had lost. If they had won, they'd be 13th. They lost. Now they are 11th. Yeah, it's better to move up two spots in the draft. Nobody is saying it isn't. Nobody is stupid enough to say, actually, drafting 13th is better. Um, There is kind of a funny, like, value thing where, like, efficiency-wise, the 11th pick is, like, more efficient than the first pick because the first pick is so valuable that the chance of missing on it is, like, like, depresses the value. It's a very, like, numbers-y Excel spreadsheet kind of argument. Um... But it is interesting to think of things in that terms. But that's that's not what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, it's better to pick 11th than it is to pick 13th. But it's barely better. It's very, very small. Uh, And if they had won, now they didn't get any of the results they needed. I, I don't think they actually got a single one. They needed the Seahawks to lose and they won. They needed the Packers to lose and they won. And they needed one of the... Bucks or Saints to lose, and both of those teams won. So the Vikings absolutely they and they lost their own game. So you could have parlayed every single game that the Vikings needed. Uh, you could have parlayed the opposite of it and like made a little bit of money. That would have been kind of funny. But uh, I digress. I still just can't get out of my head the idea that if the Vikings had said, "Eh, we're not going anywhere," and lost that game on purpose, and then. All of those other results did go their way. How much of a story it would have been. How much people would freak out. Be honest with yourself. Look in the mirror and say if the Vikings lost against the Lions and then got all the help they would have needed to make the playoffs, look yourself in the mirror and say you would have been at peace with that. I don't I don't really believe it. Um, but alas, it was a moot point and they got their behinds waxed anyways by the by a better team in the Lions in all facets, in all three phases, handily. And so you you think about this from like a cost benefit perspective, right? The cost of, let's say, winning that game or trying to win that game, I guess. The cost of possibly winning that game is that you lose a couple of spots in the draft order. The benefit of winning that game is that you get a long shot playoff appearance, right? Nobody is looking at that playoff appearance and and saying that that's actually secretly the Super Bowl thing, but it's an any, any given Sunday league and you never know. Right. And if you go into seasons thinking, you know, that this is going to be your Super Bowl year and this isn't going to be your Super Bowl year, all you're going to do is cut your opportunities in half. Right. Because even when you do say this is our Super Bowl year, then it ends like 2009. What are you going to do? Wait for five more years until the next 2009? You kind of need all the years to, to have a good enough shot. You don't get that many bites at the apple in the NFL. Right. Nobody lasts in their position that long. Um, so the cost of a couple of draft picks is marginal. The benefit of a playoff appearance, we'll call it a marginal benefit, right? It would have been a long shot, but it's not nothing, right? It's not a 0% chance to win the Super Bowl if you make the... Like, the Steelers don't have a 0% chance to win the Super Bowl. Don't think anybody's going to pick them. It's probably 1%, maybe half a percent, but it's not zero. And similarly, the difference between 11 and 13 is marginal, but it's not zero. Either way, the stakes are pretty low. And so I don't think you needed to go into that game really caring one way or another. That's what I tried to say on Friday on this show. And if I didn't get that across well enough, then that's on me. 
Um, really, I only cared about the the pride of saying Justin Jefferson still got a thousand yard season, which he did. But I think that there's something deeper that bothers me. It's not a logical thing that, you know, ah, well, the, the, like I wanted to present the logical version of this first, where the cost of winning and the benefit of winning are both very, very, very small. And the cost of losing out on that tiny little playoff chance and the benefit of moving up two spots in the draft is similar, is the same, right? Mirrored. Very, very, very small. Uh, and, and to defend my, my thing about the draft a little more. So the, the like using historical data, if you wanted to use uh, career AV, which is kind of a, the go-to proxy that people like to use, the 11th pick is better than the 13th pick. I, I, I don't know the exact number. I know the 9th pick is better than the 20th pick. About 60% of the time. So it's 60-40 that the ninth pick ends up being a better player than the 20th pick. And think anecdotally, think about drafts. How many guys in the top 10 flare out? And then how many times does somebody else get a Justin Jefferson, right? Where like 2020 is actually a great example. The Jags drafted ninth. They got CJ Henderson. He wasn't even on their on the team by the end of the rookie contract. Vikings drafted 22nd and got Justin Jefferson. This happens. That doesn't mean the 22nd pick is a better pick than the ninth, obviously, but it means that there is this large, wide spectrum of outcomes with a lot of overlap in it. And when you're dealing with that large, wide spectrum of outcomes, the difference between this spectrum that is a little bit better than that spectrum is not going to be a lot because, you know, in 90% of your outcomes are possible to achieve by the other draft slot as well. That's the way the math probabilistically kind of works out. So the difference between the 11th and the 13th pick in terms of the odds you get a good player is peanuts. It's a single-digit percentage difference. The maybe more real cost is that if the Vikings want to trade up for a quarterback, well, now they're two spots further up to start with. They're ahead of the Raiders. Maybe that makes it easier for them to compete with them, uh, who could also be trying to trade up for a quarterback. And they now that's that much easier, right? But it it's not that much easier. <laughs> they still probably have to send another first-round pick to you know the fourth the the Chargers or the Cardinals or the Giants or whoever they want to trade up try to trade up with, they probably have to send this year's first and next year's first, and they probably have to send some mid round capital as well. And it just changed what the mid round capital was. But you're still sending two first round picks. It's a drop in the bucket, no matter how you look at it. Um, so don't freak out too much about that. That was the point that I was trying to make, and I think people were so deafeningly. Like any time I, I, I would tweet something about the game that would be like, gosh, it's so frustrating that Nick Mullins threw that interception. Immediately a torrent of people would be like, actually push his nose up, you know, push his glasses up, bridge of nose. Actually, it's good because it makes their draft position better. And at a certain point, I, I was sick of hearing about it. And I am still sick of hearing about it. So I don't want to hear about it anymore. All right, that's it. I have staked my case. You either agree or you don't. I don't need to hear about it anymore. Instead, let's look to the future and where the Vikings are at, and how the situation manifests itself now. So let's kind of prime ourselves for the offseason that's coming up. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you are looking for something to care about on wildcard weekend, now that the playoffs are here and the Vikings aren't in them, and you're watching you know, Joe Flacco against the Texans going, why do I care about this? Why don't you fire up FanDuel and get a little bit of skin in the game? 
you can get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed if you're a new customer and you, and you place any $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets on a $5 bet, win or lose. 30 to 1 and you just get it just for showing up to FanDuel and signing up at fanduel.com slash locked on. You can, of course, find spreads, money lines, over-unders, all the classic stuff, as well as player props, touchdown scorers, and you can, of course, jam them all together into whack job parlays like I know some of you DGens absolutely love to do. So go to fanduel.com slash locked on and check out everything that they've got going on. Check back with the website every once in a while, too, because they have all kinds of crazy promos going on kind of all the time. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, eyes front. Look ahead, right? Let's look at what is about to happen with the Vikings and how we're going to cover it on this show. Like I said at the outset, this will remain a five-day-a-week show, a daily podcast on your Minnesota Vikings. We're not going anywhere. And I I know a lot of people that just listen for this season, then check out, then come back last season. If that's you, love you. See you next year. No problem with me on that. But if you want to hang out during the off-season, then we can do that. So here's what happens first. First, 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 before we talk about any of the contracts or any of the players, we got to figure out who's coaching the Vikings. That is the first thing we wait on. Probably not a lot of movement on that till after the playoffs, especially when it comes to somebody like Brian Flores. What's going to happen with his head coaching tenure? The questions are a lot harder to answer than they were a month ago. You know, after that shutout against... Las Vegas, it felt like, all right, this dude's absolutely getting a head coaching job. But the whole unit melted down, and that's the taste in everybody's mouth. Do you still want this guy to lead your your team, or did you just get caught up for a second in a scheme that was a gimmick that didn't last? Are you going to buy into that? That's a harder question. Maybe you still will, maybe you won't, but I I don't know. I genuinely have no idea what happens with Brian Flores, and I'm probably not going to try to make any kind of prediction that's serious. They also need to figure out some staff holes elsewhere, uh, depending on what they want to do at certain positional groups. Um, of course, you know, nothing stopping someone from, say, hiring away Keenan McCardell to be an offensive coordinator or something like that and saying, look at what a good job you did with all the receivers. What do you got? Right. Like that kind of thing is always on the table. Um, they also just they need a D-line coach. Chris Rumpf just like left in the middle of the season for a college job, which is wild. That's not common at all, and I have to think that there's something else going on there that, I mean, sometimes college jobs can just be like that, where they say, hey, we'll just like pay you a lot more, you want to come work for us? But to do that in the middle of the season is unorthodox, to say the least. Regardless, that probably won't be information we get for years, if at all, so wouldn't wouldn't hold your breath on it, but we do need a new D-line coach, uh, and... There's also the question that the Vikings have to go answer, and this is the kind of thing that they'll figure out uh, as this month goes on while they're not playing. Do we want to keep doing this scheme? Kind of a hard question. I'll probably do a show on it sooner rather than later because to continue with it would be to keep buying into its principles, and those principles were pretty much turned on their head in the last month of the season. And and it was shown that this will not be a thing that works long-term, so do you want to buy into it long-term? And that comes down to, do you think you can fix what happened here? Maybe with good corners or something like that, but that goes for any defensive scheme. Is there anything special about this, or should we just try to go get a better roster and play it straight up? I think that's interesting. So once they've figured out, we'll call that the broad strokes, right? Um, And by the way, anybody who's holding their breath for like Kevin O'Connell to get fired on Black Monday, I would be genuinely floored. That'd be pretty insane to do uh, on the aggregate result. There's a lot of stuff that I can criticize about what Kevin O'Connell did, 
But at the end of the day, seven and 10 didn't have your quarterback for half the year. You get at least another shot, right? (laughs) At least another year. If not, just kind of throw this one in the trash and say, you know, let's just see what happens in 2024. And then maybe then we'll talk about maybe if this is the right direction or not. But that's like when you start the conversation, not when you end it. Um, like I've been saying a lot, you can criticize without calling for someone's job. You can just point out that things are wrong without having to say, and by the way, this is who I'd fire over it. Um, so let's say, all right, they get the staff cooked up. They're good to go there. Next up is some of those key players. So now we're in February, right? We're in March. March 15th is the void date for Kirk Cousins and Daniil Hunter. That is very important. Uh, and I guess Marcus Davenport, um, I think. But really, it's Kirk and, and Daniil Hunter. If you extend those players, uh, it's going to significantly change your cap environment by taking some of the dead cap hit that the Vikings were slated to pay to them in 2024. The Vikings, as it stands, are looking at 37-ish million in cap space headed into 2024, set aside like 10 of that for draft picks and stuff. Um, just my rule of thumb, draft picks, practice squad contingency going into the season, kind of miscellaneous set aside 10 so that you're in a healthy place going into draft night. So 27 to spend. That includes, uh, cap penalties of 28 and a half million for Kirk cousins. And I think like 13, some for Daniel Hunter, uh, big, big, big cap penalties for those two players. If you resign them, those cap penalties actually get spread out across all the void years in their contract. And then you just tack on whatever their new contract is onto the spread out lowered version. So for Cousins, for example, let's say you pay him $20 million a year. That's not really a realistic number, but it's an easy one to work with. So so go with me. And let's say you just fully guarantee that and there's no additional signing bonus. Well, because of the way the void years work, you actually get uh, $18.5 million of the dead cap you were going to pay for Kirk Cousins goes and spreads back out into the future. So a, or uh, yeah, so, so he would cost one and a half million more against the cap. Like his cap hit would be 28.5 million and it would turn into a $30 million cap hit. It would go up $1.5 million. Um, Say you pay him 30, it would go up $11.5 million, which for a quarterback, not necessarily that much and well within what they can afford. Right? So, whether or not they do that is going to have a pretty big impact over how much how their cap looks this year, how their cap looks next year, uh, and it's both with Daniil and Kirk Cousins. I think that's the next thing. And then guys like Reisner or Davenport or DJ Wanham or KJ Osborne, kind of those other guys that are slated to become free agents and you want to decide, are we going to try to bring them back or not? This is all before free agency even starts. Once you've figured out those situations... Then you start to figure out exactly what you want to do uh, at free agency, at the quarterback position in general. That will be shaped by Kirk Cousins, but you get to pick up, you get to decide on Kirk Cousins before you get to draft, right? So you can't say, well, I'll keep Kirk Cousins, but only if I don't get, you know, my favorite, my Jaden Daniels or my favorite quarterback or whoever that is, right? You have to decide on Kirk first. So that's going to change a lot of those strategies. If you sign a a guaranteed two-year deal to Kirk Cousins, your chances of drafting a quarterback this year go way, way, way down, right? You're just not going to be in that much of a hurry to do it. Uh, But if you don't re-sign Kirk Cousins, you need to draft a quarterback. Or if you sign him for a year, or maybe one guaranteed year and one fake year or something like that, 
then it's somewhere in the middle, right? So you have to figure that out next. And that kind of brings us into free agency. Again, the Vikings have a lot of players that are leaving. They are losing both their starting defensive ends and their primary backup defensive end, right? They're losing three guys out of that edge room right now as it stands. So they either got to bring those guys back or replace all of them. There is a lot of work to do on that D-line, not to mention uh, what's going to happen with like Tonga and Bullard and all those guys. What are you going to do on that defensive line? That unit was not good enough, and it is all leaving at once. This is a catastrophe. You want to know the last time this happened to a position group? 2020 offseason, the cornerbacks, they still have not recovered. This could be really bad if the Vikings aren't like really urgent about it. The Vikings were not urgent about it in 2020, and they still have not recovered from that mistake. I think that is the primary mistake that Rick Spielman made that led to his firing, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Messing up that quarterback room ruined the defense in 2020, ruined the defense in 2021, and then everyone got fired. That killed him. So if Quasey's smart, he's not going to make that same mistake, but we'll see if he's smart. Um, but that brings us into free agency and what their needs are and all that stuff, how, how many of those guys they bring back. It's going to be... A, a, a really impactful offseason because this is where the quarterback decision gets made. I think if you keep deferring the quarterback decision, the patience wears a little thin, right? And you can't do it forever because Kirk won't last forever. If you want to bring him back coming off of a torn Achilles at whatever amount you bring him back at, then you're assuming quite a bit of risk. And while we learned this offseason that it's very important to have a serious quarterback, I hope you didn't need to see the 2023 Vikings to know that. But also, that serious quarterback doesn't need to be Kirk specifically. There's a lot of different ways to go about that. There's people out there. I mean, I've seen people call for like Russell Wilson or trade for Kyler Murray or all these other ideas that I agree with or disagree with in kind of varying ways. But they're at least worth discussing to me, right? They're at least worth giving the time of day to. And if we decide that we're a no on that, that's great. But we should go through the exercise. And that brings us to the draft. The Vikings draft 11th. They are behind a couple of teams that I think will definitely draft a quarterback in New England and Washington. They both draft top three. They're behind like Atlanta, who I think should. Maybe the Jets or Giants get in on a quarterback, but maybe they don't. Um, you know, I could see them trying to, you know, develop somebody behind like Rodgers or Daniel Jones or whatever, but I could see them saying, nah, F it. We just need to get like better receivers out here, right? So I, I could see a lot of things happening there, but here's what I will say. The Vikings want to trade up to four with the Arizona Cardinals or five with the Chargers. It's this year's first, next year's first, and something in the middle rounds. This year's first, next year's first, and a fourth or something like that, a third maybe, or the Vikings don't have a third, so maybe both of their fourths, um, which is about the same value-wise. That would be the cost of doing business. Some people have seen that. I, I posted that. Some people saw that and said, oh my God, I'm slamming that. Some people said, wow, that feels like we're mortgaging our future. Whatever you feel about it, that's the going rate, I guess. And so that's what you got to be thinking about as we look at guys like Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix and Bonix and all of these guys that are supposedly, you know, the next crop of talented young quarterbacks. And I'm going to do a lot of that. I think I'm going to do things a little differently for this draft season. I don't know if I'm going to do mock draft Monday. To be honest with you, mock drafts just haven't been fun for me for a while. And I think if it's not fun for me, it won't be as fun for you. And I want to do better for you than that. So I'll find uh, something regular to do because I think that can be fun, but we'll work all that out in real time. I will see you guys all tomorrow for Twitter Tuesday, so get your questions in. And as always, Skull.